Greetings. Welcome to Project Leadership Guru, episode number 20. I'm Ravi Bhatia, and today our topic is expectations, managing expectations. This is a really interesting topic because as project leaders, we're programmed to deliver results, to achieve results. That's how we evaluate our success and the success of our teams. But in a more subtle way, we miss the mark if we focus on metrics without understanding our customers from a deeper point of view. What do our customers really want? If we're working for a software client and their goal is to have a system in place to launch a new product, that's important for them. That's at the core of their business. Your earned value analysis and day-to-day metrics on project performance are just a means to an end for the customer. So understanding the customer's expectations of a project beyond the contractual requirements is very, very important. There are two avenues or two aspects to expectations that we need to understand. One of them is external and the other one is internal. Let's talk about the external expectations first. Over a long period of time, I've worked for clients um, in construction and technology projects. And those clients had different needs, different personalities, different styles. In the private sector, the clients had commercial aspirations, commercial goals that they needed to meet, whether they were a Fortune 500 bank uh, or a retail outfit or a technology company looking to grow. They had goals beyond the goals that I had as a project leader. And often those goals weren't stated. So the understanding was that we had to meet the requirements of the project. But the project itself was a means to a business end that the customer had. And it took me a long time to understand that you could meet all the goals. You could have a very successful project. The project could be delivered under budget, on time, with high quality. Yet you could still miss the mark on expectations, on external expectations. Understanding this takes experience and insight, but also a level of curiosity. So what I learned to do was to get close to my customers and understand what were the drivers of their business? Why did they need this software to work? What was the timeline? Was the timeline that I was given the same as their timeline? Or was it a bridge to another deployment? to another goal which I wasn't part of? Did I consider that the client had its own resource constraints that I had to worry about, yet was uninformed of? Constraints that would affect my project, 
So without the experience and insight of appreciating uh, expectations, appreciating that expectations play a big role on how projects are evaluated, how companies and teams are evaluated, and whether or not you will get repeat business from that client. That's, that's critical to understanding. So from that point forward, and I'd say I'm going back about 20 years, probably early 2000s, I learned that, yes, I had to meet my contractual goals and protect the team and the organization in terms of the contract. And I had to do all the things that project leaders are expected to do in building teams and uh, assigning resources and structuring the communication channels to enable project success. But beyond that, there was a higher order of thinking, and that was managing the expectations of the customer. Now, you can't manage an expectation if you don't understand what the expectation is. And that requires more than curiosity. It requires getting close to the customer, understanding the customer's business, the business drivers of the customer. So asking questions is a good thing. That's a start. Also using market intelligence to find out things about the customer that the customer may not be willing to share or um, may not be able to share or is just expecting you to know um, without, without really any formal dialogue. So once I realized that, I think it, it made me a more effective project leader. I'll give you an example of that. Uh, I was on a project on a, on a transit rail software project in Canada. And as the project leader, I was faced with some tough decisions because it was a project that was significantly beyond, um, beyond the scope of what we had envisioned. The scope had grown. Um, it was a difficult project that was behind schedule. And what I learned was that the customer was having similar problems on another project. And because I was working for a public entity, a global company, I couldn't afford to have the project finish late or even be contractually late at any given stage of the project. It had implications for our global business. And what I did was ask a lot of questions and our team asked a lot of questions. And what we found out from our marketing team, found out from our market intelligence, was that this customer had some technical problems which we could solve. And once we had that dialogue with the customer, and once we reframed the project from just um, looking at our side of it, but looking at the customer side of it, we started looking at the expectations that the client had for the entire program. We were part of the program for the infrastructure build out, but we were not the entire program. Once we understood that the customer had expectations to deliver this parallel project by a certain date, and that we could offer a technical solution to meet that date that didn't cost us a lot of money, but would have a huge benefit for the customer. At that point, we were able to structure a negotiation that leveraged the knowledge that we had of the customer 
and the customer yielded and really worked with us on resetting our schedule. But more importantly, the customer achieved key dates on another parallel project that we would not have known about if we didn't think from a customer point of view. So as project leaders, we've got to think externally while we think internally. Similarly, we have to think of results while we think of taking care of our teams. So expectations have two major aspects to them and understanding external expectations is key to project success. It's really an understanding of the gap and relates somewhat to situational leadership. The other side of expectations is internal. As a project leader, you could, you could come to the table and come to your team and, and start dictating things without listening to your team. And that's just not a good long-term sustainable solution. So understanding the technical capabilities of your team, that's great. Understanding the contract is a necessary thing. Understanding uh, assigning the right people for the right positions, operations position, software if you're on a technology project, hardware interfaces with the software, legacy systems. All of these things are really, really important. But then conveying the expectations to your team in a clear and honest dialogue, that goes a long way. If you were, for instance, to put artificial deadlines in front of your team, you could probably get away with it for a while, but eventually you would lose credibility. And as a project leader, you cannot afford to lose credibility. Instead, what you can do is set expectations without frightening your team. You can set intermediate expectations. You may not have to share the ultimate expectation that the customer has because that's really your interface externally. But how you translate the external expectations to the internal expectations is really the art of communicating in a way that provides results for your team while maintaining a high level of motivation of organizational development and a standard of care for your team that will be appreciated by your team and by your organization. So this kind of situational leadership that entails managing internal expectations is as important as managing external expectations. Um, an example of a training program that I had attended in Paris about 20 years ago, I think it was 2003, we, our team learned um, in, a, in a classroom, but it was really an experiential exercise. We, we learned a takeaway. We, we had a takeaway which was immensely useful. And that was that when you manage expectations internally, you have to do it in a staged way. If you were to put out a target goal that is unattainable, that's a good way to demotivate your team. And we went through an exercise, a team building exercise, wherein we had to accomplish a certain goal. Six of us had to 
assign a number to ourselves and touch a tennis ball. And we were not told how to do it, but we were just told that we had to do it as fast as possible. On the first go around, we did it in nine seconds. There was another team of six people that was in another room and they had similar results. After we did it in nine seconds, the consultant we were working with came back and said, well, I think you could do this in less than half of that time. And we said, okay, that was an initial pass. We touched the tennis ball. So on the next go around, what we did was we threw the tennis ball around quickly while repeating the number we were assigned. And we did it in a little bit over three seconds. And we were really proud of ourselves and it was a win for the team. The consultant praised us. So there's a lesson there. As you achieve intermediate results, you've got to praise your team. The consultant was managing project expectations. He made us good about attaining uh, a, a goal. We, uh, we really uh, smashed the goal of less than half the time, so we did it in about a third of the time and felt pretty good about ourselves and we were really motivated. So that motivational high that we had um, reinforced our team, uh, team bonding. We felt good about each other. We also felt that we could achieve some pretty great things if we worked together. Then the consultant came in and said, well, I think you could do a lot, a lot better than that. So we brainstormed and we decided to roll the tennis ball quickly across the floor while we had our hands there and we achieved the goal of six people touching the tennis ball in about eight tenths of a second. When we did that, the consultant came back and said that that was always the benchmark goal. It was actually just under that. The other team achieved a similar result. But if the consultant had told us that the benchmark goal was eight tenths of one second, it would have been demotivational in the sense that we had not worked together as a team and we probably would have spent some time uh, learning to do things without having guidance of expectations. So that was a tremendous learning experience that when you have a goal and you have internal expectations, you wanna share them in a way that maintains uh, a level of optimism a level of um, a spirit within the team that appreciates their intermediate success while introducing more difficult goals in a staged manner. So that art of managing expectations internally is very useful for a project leader. And attaining that balance of caring for your team while keeping focused on the result um, is, is a key to project success and from a expectations point of view, let's, um, let's remember that expectations are external and internal. And, um, you know, we can talk more about this. And I think this is a topic that we want to continue to look at. Um, but for now, I think we've got something to think about. So thank you very much for joining. This is Ravi Bhatia. You've been listening to Project Leadership Guru.